Hello, I'm Rod Fair, pastor of North Douglas Church here in Victoria, British Columbia. Throughout the summer, we've been teaching through a series of messages called All About Jesus. And today's message is part 10 of that series, and it's called The Cup and the Bread. I'm talking about communion, the Last Supper, when Jesus met with his disciples and shared that uh, communion time with them and was really preparing them for the sacrifice on the cross, what he was going to do and why it was important. It was something that they would remember all through their lives and carry on into their teaching as they uh, saw people come to know Jesus Christ as Lord. Uh, because we're going to talk about communion, we're going to share it at the end of this message. And if you have some juice and uh, a cracker that you would like to gather for yourself, then you can participate with me uh, at the end when I come to, to that part. Of course, all of these messages are available on our webpage, northdouglaschurch.com, or you can find them on our YouTube channel, Facebook page, or on podcasts like Apple Podcasts, Google, or Spotify. So please uh, follow along with me uh, today as uh, we talk about the cup and the bread. So I want to start with talking about food. And uh, everyone loves food, and I, and I thought that uh, I would just talk about the sustenance that we take in, you know, Food is what regularly fuels our body. We eat, when we eat good food, it uh, just fires all the pleasure buttons in our brains and we get excited about things that just taste so, so good. Like who doesn't like a, a barbecue steak or a, a good Mediterranean salad, a freshly baked bread or an apple crisp? Now, as you can tell, those are some of my favorites, some of the things that I really love to eat if it's a, a special day. And uh, the truth is, I don't eat that every day. And neither do you. you. You don't eat all of your favorite foods every day. Your body is fueled by a lot of regular things. So at lunchtime, maybe you, you do have a, just an ordinary apple, or maybe uh, you have a sandwich. And, um, you know, it's not the things that we love to eat all the time, but it's the things that we use to fuel our body on a regular basis. And those foods are also important. I mean, seriously, can we even remember what it was that we ate last Wednesday for lunch? And you think about it, well, I'm not really sure. It was probably some ordinary food. Because ordinary food is what we use most of the time to fuel our bodies. So we don't even think about it. We just... We just eat and we carry on and then those special meals, those special occasions is what we really are excited about. We remember what it was like when we went out for an anniversary dinner or when we were at a, a Christmas feast with our family. And those things are really special. They fuel our life, really. But uh, what makes it so that we can understand what our passions and desires really are like is what fuels it within our soul. I mean, those things fuel our body when we talk about food, and there are things that we definitely like. But what feeds the soul? And uh, those things are just as important. When we think about the nourishment of the soul, we're talking about the mind. What, what is it that gets us excited to think about or to have a good conversation? You know, if our mind is not challenged to grow, if it's not challenged to, to learn, then really our, our whole living becomes kind of stagnant and, and just blah. And really what we need is we need some uh, ins 
inspiration. We need some encouragement to think and to uh, grow within our minds. So things like beauty, things like art and uh, the creative processes, a good conversation with friends that we have a, a relationship with, any kind of encouragement or inspiration really feeds our soul. And, you know, it is important that on a regular basis, we might, you know, watch a movie or read a book or magazine article, but those things, they just kind of keep our minds going. But then there are the, the times when our souls are really fed by a special occasion. Like we might go see a stage play. I mean, one of my highlights on, on a vacation was when I saw The Sound of Music in London, England. I mean, it was such a fantastic show. And I just walked away feeling like I have been to something significant. And there are other times when we go to an art gallery or when we experience a music concert and we are really feeding our souls so that we are growing as a person. But what happens when we think about the spiritual part of our life? What feeds our spirit? And there is a food for the spirit of, God, of man. And Jesus was at the supper table. He was with his disciples. In fact, his, his last supper. And he really used the illustration of the physical food, the, the cup of wine and the bread that was before them. And they had this conversation around the dinner table, but he used the, the, the wine and the bread as an example of what he was going to go through on the cross and why that was significant. And so there was a correlation between what he used as an illustration of the physical food to share a spiritual truth. And I think that's important that we understand. Jesus was celebrating the Passover. And he was talking about how he would be the fulfillment, not just of a physical meal, but the spiritual nourishment that we all need. And so Matthew 26 says this, On the first day of the festival of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Where do you want us to make preparations for you to eat the Passover? And he replied, Go into the city to a certain man and tell him, The teacher says, My appointed time is near. I'm going to celebrate the Passover with my disciples at your house. So the disciples did as Jesus had directed them and prepared the Passover. And a little later in the passage, he uh, said, While they were eating, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup. And when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sin. I tell you, I will not drink from this fruit of the vine from now on until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Now, Jesus had talked about uh, his body being bread before. He had talked about what it meant for his life to quench those that were thirsty. And of course, he meant in a spiritual fashion. So after performing a miracle of feeding 5,000 people from just a few uh, loaves of bread and a few fish, people were clamoring for more. They wanted to know if Jesus would do more supernatural uh, effects and miracles and that uh, if he would perform these great signs. And Jesus 
you know, responded to them and, and he talked to them about how he was that spiritual food, not just the physical food that they enjoyed when he did that miracle, but that he himself was the spiritual food. John chapter 6 says this, so they asked him, what sign will you give us that we may see it and believe you? What will you do? Our ancestors ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, Very truly, I tell you, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gave you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. But as I told you, you have seen me, and still you do not believe. All those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Jesus said that the bread of life, this sustenance of spiritual life from God, was himself. That he was the bread of life, that he was that spiritual food for people. And so this is important to note that we can choose a number of spiritual practices, but without Jesus in the center, without Jesus as the core focus of whatever spiritual practice we may participate in, then ultimately it's going to be empty and unfulfilling. We have a choice to make. So let's talk about this problem of choice. You see, God has given mankind a choice to follow in the Lord's way that leads to life or to follow in their own way. From the very beginning, Adam and Eve had a choice to make. Now, God had set them in the garden, created them as uh, the pinnacle of his creation, and he had provided for them everything that they needed. He had relationship. Adam had relationship with God. He had authority in the garden to rule over creation. Uh, he had a wife in Eve, so he had companionship and help, and he had a job. <laughs> he was to in the garden to look after the garden. And so Adam had everything provided for but he did have a choice of whether he was going to listen to God and follow in God's way or follow his own. And of course, Satan entered into that garden and said, hey, you don't really have to listen to God. You don't really have to believe in him. And ultimately what happened is that seeds of doubt, those seeds of doubt that were sown into Adam and Eve's lives ended up in them doubting the trustworthiness of God Almighty. And so they made a choice, a choice to not do things God's way, but to do things their own way. And that choice ultimately led to a, an opening of their eyes. You see, they ate from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil when God told them that they were not to do so. And ultimately, they chose to eat that fruit and their eyes were opened and they came to understand their sinfulness. That is, that they had opted to not believe God, to not trust God, and so their relationship with God was damaged, it was broken. Now, God removed them from the garden because the tree 
of life was still there in the garden. And he took them away from that because the worst thing that could happen would be for them to have immortality in the midst of the brokenness and relationship with God Almighty. That would be that they had the knowledge of uh, good and evil, but they didn't know how to use it or didn't know uh, what to do or how to live with what was going on uh, in, in what was going to go on in the world. And so God took them away from the tree of life and they experienced the punishment of death. Now, physical death is one thing, but ultimately they were faced with some choices about what they would do with the, the person in relationship with God. And so they faced a real obstacle about spiritual death in that would they actually understand what it meant to be sustained with the spiritual food that gives life. And mankind's mistake to this day is the same one that Adam introduced to us, the knowledge of good and evil. You see so many people, they, they trust in knowledge to make all the right decisions or to avoid the wrong decisions. And they want uh, the blessings of this life. They want the joys of this life by being smarter. But ultimately, the knowledge of good and evil does not lead to life. It tells us about what is good and without what is bad, but there's no power within that. Uh, you know, ultimately, the attitude of mankind has been, well, if, if I only knew more, if I only understood all the consequences involved, then I would choose to do what is good and right. I would choose not to do what is bad. But ultimately, people don't have the power all the time to be able to make those choices. 100% of the time. They, they sometimes choose what is evil instead of what is good, even though they know that that's not the right thing. And so, at some point, all of us have lost our resolve to do what is right. And we say, well, you know, it's just a little bit of lying. Or I only cheated a tiny little bit. Who did it actually hurt? Or I only, only took a few things from the office. After all, they won't ever miss it. But we compromise over and over again to the point of following our own way so that we sacrifice that which is good and perfect for that which is more self-serving. And that's really the problem, is that we choose to do things that are wrong, each and every one of us. The problem of, of our free will is that we choose our own path over the path that God would have for us over the path of life. And this is what Paul wrote to the Roman church and how he described it in his own life. In Romans chapter 7, he said this, For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good I want to do. But the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. And ultimately, the law of God, the commandments that Moses gave to the Jewish people, they, it only accentuates the problem because it draws attention to our faults. It draws attention to the things that we are doing wrong, the choices that we're making to walk in our own way, not in God's way. 
And so the, the language of the Ten Commandments says that we should not do things, but ultimately we do them anyway. We are found guilty. God knows that we're guilty and we know that we're guilty and we can't do anything to change it. And so God is justified in judging us as sinners. Now, God's not content with that relationship and so he brings a solution. The solution, of course, to brokenness of mankind is not more knowledge. You see, so many times we, we fall into that hole and we think, well, if I was just smarter, I would do better. But ultimately, God's solution to the sin that separates man from himself and from the blessings of life in God is the fact that his blessing and his presence really requires a choice of life. The main point of my message today to you in this is this. Mankind has a choice between life and death. Find life in Jesus Christ. You know, every day we make choices. We make choices for good and for bad. In our life, we, we can choose whether we're going to exercise or not. How are we going to treat our body? We can choose whether we're going to eat really good things that fuel our body or not so good things that actually sometimes even can bring harm to us. We choose to help people or sometimes ignore people or at times we even choose to bring harm to people. We make choices all the time about good and evil, but I'm telling you there's a different choice to make and that is not just between good or evil, but between about the, between the knowledge of good and evil and life that God gives. Really, we choose to and pursue a life that is about God's living. And so it's not just about trying. See, so many people try to do good and they don't find that they always have the power to do good. And ultimately, what we're looking for is to choose the life that God gives us so that we have the power to walk in God's way. Does that mean that we'll always make the right choice? Well, I know that within myself, there's still that sinful nature and it rises up. And I need to say, make that choice again each day. Am I going to follow God's way or my own way? But when I choose to follow God's way, I know that he will give me the energy, he'll give me the power and strength to pursue that which is a godly way, the right way. Romans chapter 8, Paul wrote to that church and said this, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. It's important to note that because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on the cross, that God grants forgiveness to those that would come to him, that those that would follow Jesus Christ, that would come confessing their sin, 
acknowledging that Jesus has paid the price on the cross for that sin, God says, I forgive you. I not only forgive you, but I give you power through the Holy Spirit to live a godly life. And that is really the important part. What was impossible before, which was to stop sinning, we we couldn't stop. We can't avoid choosing the wrong choices. God says, I'm going to put something inside of you. I'm going to work myself inside of you. And so that you have the power in order to not only choose right, but you've chosen the path of life, the path that God will give. And so the solution to the separation, of course, is Jesus. That Jesus would be the solution for us. And when we make that choice, then we are choosing life over death. And so I'm encouraging you to do that today, to make that choice, to to make that relationship with Jesus Christ as your Savior, to make a choice for life, to live within God's plan for what uh, he has in store for, for you in the future. Now, in the Last Supper, when Jesus was sharing with the disciples, He brought them to this meal, this Passover meal, and said, there's some significant things here that I want you to remember. And so he used a cup of wine. He used uh, some pieces of bread to represent and demonstrate to them the things that were going to be important, that literally he himself was the sustenance for spiritual life. So he used this physical bread, this physical a cup of wine in order to help them to understand not only in that moment when he went to the cross, but all the years following, all the people that they would teach, that they would understand what Jesus had done for them. See, he would give his body and his blood and it would help sustain people in the future because of the sacrifice he made for sin. This is what it says in 1 Peter 2, 22. He committed no sin, and no deceit was found in his mouth. When they hurled their insults at him, he did not retaliate. When he suffered, he made no threats. Instead, he entrusted himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you have been healed. For you were like sheep going astray, but now you have returned to the shepherd an overseer of your souls. Jesus knew that he would pay the price, that he would ultimately um, bear the sins of the world for all of his followers. And so anybody that would trust in him could be forgiven of sin. And we come to the communion table as a, a place of remembrance saying, I put my trust in Jesus, that Jesus has paid the price for my sin And that that relationship with him is not something we do just out of religious practice, but it is because I choose life over death. I don't want to live in the darkness. I want to be a person that lives in the light. And the light of God is what really helps us. And so we participate in this life of faith when we honor Christ within this communion meal. And so I'm inviting you to come and to take these emblems. And uh, here I just have a simple wafer as my piece of bread. And I have a little cup of juice. 
which uh, we share with people on, on Sundays. And uh, I'm going to invite you to take your, your cup of juice or whatever you have that is handy within you with, as your portion and that we can share this together. Paul wrote to the church in Corinth and uh, he said these words to that church as a reminder of how they should celebrate uh, this communion time, how they could participate in remembrance of what Jesus had done for them. And it says in 1 Corinthians 11, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night that he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's take this bit of bread and remember the body of Christ, the sustenance for our spiritual life. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done for us. And Paul continued in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 and said, In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let's take it together. Father God, thank you. Thank you so much for sending your son, Jesus Christ. God, we were lost in sin without Jesus. We were so separated from you. But because of Jesus, you have brought us near. Because of his body and because of his blood, that sacrifice that paid the price for our sin. It was a fulfillment of not only the Passover, but the entire Old Testament law. All of the things that you said come between you and mankind. And God, I just come confessing, realizing that I need to make a choice for life. And there are times when I have not chosen that, that I have done what is wrong, that even though I wanted to do good, I didn't do good. And God, thank you for forgiving me of all of those things. And I consciously make a choice for life now, that I would follow Jesus Christ and you would continue to help me to stay on that path, God, to, to keep uh, living for righteousness. And I pray that you would empower me by your spirit to help me to overcome the difficulties when I'm tempted or when I'm faced with sin. That you would continue to keep me on the right path. That I could live a life that you have uh, meant for me. And I pray this for all of those that are within hearing of my voice. That as they make that choice, God, you would empower them to live by the Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for uh, being a part of this teaching today. I encourage you that if you wanted to talk about this or if you have a prayer request, you can send it to prayer at northdouglaschurch.com and I'll be able to respond to you and we can have that conversation. I can pray for your needs and uh, also pass that along to our prayer team in the church. I hope that you have a great day and uh, just live in the life that God has meant for you. God bless you.